0: this universe we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing if you're not failing you maybe you're not trying hard enough
1: welcome to ending pending i'm your host
2: andy i'm having flashbacks to the 90s and i'm evan I'm also very
0: disappointed when there's no Jonathan Taylor Thomas poster on the wall. And I'm Ronnie.
1: If you could, That was a good one, Ronnie. Thank you. Top notch. If you couldn't tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We're currently covering Netflix's Everything Sucks. But before we get into that, I have
2: a bit. Um, I'm waiting. Waiting for the bit. Waiting anxiously the for the bit? bit. Give me the bit. Um, I'm going to apologize
1: up front because one third of this podcast <laughs> is not going to like this bit. I don't think. What? Mm. Oh, we're going to have a divisive bit. It's not divisive. It's just if, hey, I, hey if Evan.
0: I. Hey, Evan, how much do you want to bet that Andy is not
2: the one third of the person who's not going to like <laughs> <laughs> Well, How much you would have bet that I think that's a very, firmly. I think that's a very reliable assumption that you've made, Ronnie. I think that's a, a strong contender. There are two, idea. there are two indicators that I'm not the one third of this
1: podcast trio who's not going to like the bit. One, the character I portray on Ending Pending is kind of uh, like self-serving and a bit of a narcissist. I'm not like that in real life. It's just the character <laughs> I play. Uh, and two,
2: I pick the bits so. Please uh, subscribe to our Patreon so that you can pick the bits instead of
1: Andy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to give up the reins. Anywho, the bit is... What is an album that, like, defined your high school, Sona? Oh, no. Oh, I don't know gosh. anything about music. You didn't like... I See, this is... I thought you were the 130 was going to dislike it,
2: babe. I'm sorry. Uh... <laughs>
1: Y'all didn't listen to music in high school?
2: I know, like, Evan didn't, but Ronnie... Do you remember those tiny keychain devices that you had a little, uh, like, Game Boy game type, but much smaller, uh, like, chip that you would insert into the little keychain device, and it would play 30 seconds of a song?
0: Yes. Yes. They were called Called clips. Oh, that's what it was.
2: I was like, it was called like click bits or bit clips or something like that. I think I literally just
0: saw that on a TikTok and I would have (laughs) never ever in a million years known what you were talking about if I didn't just see it. (laughs)
1: Jeez.
2: Um, I had three hit clips and that was my... Only like music that I owned. What were the three? I don't remember. I uh, think one of them was an InSync one. Love they that. They were the ones yeah. that like came in the package with the thing. I didn't have a music device. I didn't have a music player until high school. So,
1: Ronnie, favorite album in high school? Gosh, um,
0: I was a little. I was, you know, I think the theme of of us as as a as a podcast group is that we were finding ourselves, and that is something that has been, ha- has gone back uh a, a, a solid decade for me. Um I I wanna say um a little punk punk pop punk rock band called Say Anything I was oh. very into uh Is a Real Boy, their uh their real angsty album. But that was more like I, th- I the big problem is that so much of my musical taste is like performative or at least it definitely was in high school. It was in high school, yeah. If if I die and somebody finds my uh, music collection or my iPod when that became a thing, uh, I want them to think, wow, what an eclectic and cool music listener Ronnie was. Um, It was probably, honestly, what I was like listening to on repeat was the uh, original Broadway soundtrack to You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown.
1: I don't know that, but yeah. the fact that it's a Broadway show yeah. is very on brand for you.
0: Also, Dashboard. Oh my goodness, it was totally Dashboard
1: Confessional.
0: The there places you go. we have come to fear the most that I lost my voice at a Dashboard Confessional concert in Camden, New Jersey. And I love that I'm for in, you. In like the 11th grade, it was so great.
2: I've never been to a concert. I think we've discussed this before on the show. I've never been to a concert of any kind. I'm gonna take you to a concert someday, babe. I feel like I've missed my window. Now I'm 30 years old. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Well, go to my first th- concert when I'm 30 years old? Yeah, it just has to be the right concert. You may have also missed your window because yeah, live music—it's the COVID will times not exist and, anymore. Yeah, live music is going to be the last thing to come back. Five years from now, we might have concerts again. Um, Did you
0: um, go to concerts, Andy?
2: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I went to a
1: ton of concerts. I love concerts. To, like skillet shows. I saw Skill multiple times. Sure. Uh, the first yeah, concert did. I ever went to, not counting like the Donut Man coming to my church, was um, Reliant K. Yes.
0: Was that was that uh, Christian Music Reliant K, or was that after they went mainstream?
1: It was my first concert, so I was young. I was maybe in eighth yeah. grade, so they gotcha. were probably still kind of doing... A little bit of, like, Christian music, but not really. Because, like, Be My Escape, if you listen to it and you're a Christian, you're like, oh, this is about Jesus. But then you watch the music video and it's about, like, a generically attractive white girl, so. Yes. Um, But I had older siblings, so I definitely inherited a lot of musical taste from them. I distinctly remember being very young. So maybe like freshman year of high school or something and going Mm -hmm. to a friend's house, Jared. And he was like, yo, I just got into this new band. You have to check like we're going to watch this concert. And it was Panic at the Disco, A (gasps) Fever You Can't Sweat Out. And it was when they did all the weird circus shit. Yeah. And I remember that making a huge impression on me because it was like the first music that I was like claiming as my taste. And it wasn't, mm-hmm. Oh, my older sister like this, or Oh, my older brother plays that like this. Right. This was mine. So panic was a huge deal. I got to see them live and crowd surf yeah, uh, wow, to their so last cool. song, which was dope. Uh, yeah. That was at bamboozle and the sun was setting and the fucking Ferris wheel was in the background and we were dehydrated shit. as shit. Cause we didn't bring any food with us. <laughs> fucking idiots um <laughs> bamboozles like a week-long music festivals we were fucked up um don't do that bring 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 water uh and then jack's mannequin was yes. huge for me everything in transit um i'm blanking on the name of their second album but swim still slaps swim so uh, good. and then i went back to something corporate i found jack's mannequin first um yeah. Something corporate was also real big, big for uh, high school. Andy
0: Dashboard Confessional was like, every, look, I didn't use LimeWire. I found another file share program called Ares, and I had so many like watermarked versions of Dashboard Confessional songs that I was just like screaming to in like literally Dashboard Confessional because that's how Chris Caraba would have done it. Just screaming at my my. Uh, I guess I didn't even have a car who was whose car was I in? I don't know, <laughs> but I was very angsty and very into it and very, and they all of their songs were in in bad tuning, so I couldn't even learn to play them on guitar it was it was an angsty kid's nightmare
1: the first. People I ever saw having sex was at uh, a Jack's Mannequin concert while Paramore was playing. You
2: say that like you've seen a lot of people having sex just in your life. No, I I haven't just Hmm. like walked
1: in on people having sex, but like I didn't watch porn in high school. So literally the first naked person I ever saw was in the unaired pilot of Stargate uh, SG-1 (laughs) in John's basement. Uh, I don't think John listens to our podcast, but what up, John? Uh, and then, like, I had never seen sex before, and then our, uh, like, my youth group mentor was also into Jack's Mannequin, and we talked him into taking us to this concert, and, uh, two people were just fucking, uh, while smoking cigarettes and singing along to Haley Williams of Paramore, and, uh, I was very confused.
2: That's a lot. True high school. Truly, uh, I think the only like music I listened to in high school was like weird weeb internet proto meme music that mm. my friends put on CDs for me. I didn't have a computer. I had no way of finding music on my own. It's not like we had like a I don't know, a fucking record shop or something in my hometown. I lived out in the boonies uh, and I didn't have any friends. So and we, and we listen to podcasts
1: when we like go on drives. So we don't like listen to music much.
2: Well, which I mean, is certainly nowadays a in high nowadays high <laughs> you and I do, but yeah. like that's th- that was not relevant at the time. <laughs> but yeah, like I had a, a few friends and they were all weebs, you know. And so they burned me like CDs of like anime shit like anime soundtracks and that was like the only music i consumed in high school i didn't particularly like any of them which is probably why i'm not particularly into music now but um yeah it was the only music i was exposed to so paramore fucking slapped too paramore's so good if i was
1: if i was gonna have public sex while smoking cigarettes and singing along paramore would be a great choice for that. So it's fair, it's valid. Controversial
2: it's opinion. I hate Paramore. Oh, can't stand them. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Wow. What about Haley Williams? Like solo? No, don't like her. Wow. I had I never enjoyed a Paramore song in my life. Wow. I had a huge crush on a girl in college
1: who was uh like in charge of the anime club, and I was in charge of the comic book club, and she was huge into Paramore. Huge. Uh, and I tried to be like, oh, yeah, like I've been to a Paramore concert and like it I struck out. She was not into <laughs> you me at all.
0: About, <laughs> the time you saw someone having sex. So far in in, uh, in conversations we've had about Paramore, it is one for one immediately bringing up the people having sex in the audience.
1: It made so. an impression on like freshmen in high school. And clearly, yeah, clearly. Uh, no, I did not bring that up. Uh, I don't think it would have improved my my odds at all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're still friends. Uh, she lives in Japan now. She's doing great. <laughs> I don't think she's a Christian anymore. Is that? No, 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 no. no th- okay. this, this random Liberty girl who's not a gotcha. Christian anymore either. Uh, which most people I went to Liberty with and are like, didn't know about are not Christians anymore or, Holler. or they're very Christian still.
2: Yeah. It is a extremely binary pipeline out of Liberty. Either you Go in 100% hardcore, uh, evangelical, like, hands to Jesus, whatever this thing is that you guys do where you put your hands up in church. I don't know. Praise Uh, hands. Yeah. You either do full that, or, uh, you become a Satan-worshipping, uh, Wiccan lesbian, and that's it. And you get chewed up and spit out.
0: If there's anything I know about Liberty University, it's probably they are very pleased uh, to be a binary, they 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 are big fans of the binary.
2: Yeah, um, I can imagine they do love a binary. Yeah, <laughs> can't, can't the only
0: binary it. I support
2: is Carol Danvers. Too deep a
0: cut. Might be too deep a cut. Too deep a cut. Kara Danvers or Carol? Carol? Danvers? Carol, Dan- Carol Danvers? Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel. I don't know what, a, the, what I don't know what. A, what?
1: What? Her. Her. She's a gender. She No, she lost her superhero powers when Rogue stole them. Uh-huh. And she almost died. And then she hung out with the X-Men for a long time because Rogue was in the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and the Avengers are dicks. And uh, she got superpowers during the Brood Saga. And she became the hero called Binary. Ah. And that's why she still has like the, the protoblasts. Mm-hmm. When she was Captain, when she was Miss Marvel, she just had strength and flight. The bin- mm-hmm. the 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 like psh, psh, blasty punch, right. shit. That's from when she was binary.
0: I oh. love this shit.
1: Sorry, yeah, no, it's good I love name.
2: This. I assume they took it from like the a star. She's yeah, a, she, like a binary she, star system. Yeah, she has like, like starburst powers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but
0: it's still a bad superhero name. Power cosmic, baby. Yeah. I mean there's only so many superhero names out there. Someone's gonna get caught with something bad.
1: I think I did that same binary joke on Good Neighbors and no one no one laughed either. So
2: I think I'm just recycling my, <laughs> uh,
1: my bits now on, just, on each podcast till till someone laughs.
2: Retire that once.
1: That's a it's good bad. one. Someone's gonna g- listener, if you were listening to this podcast and you like chuckled at that joke. Tweet at me, please. I, bet I need if you to go know. go on
0: Nate's superhero pod, or a comic book podcast, <laughs> Nate'll eat that shit up. I,
1: I, I did just guest on it. Uh, I talked about how horny
2: uh, New Mutants as a comic is, mm, and I yes. talked about Iceman a lot. I'm gonna be on that podcast. Also, I'm gonna talk about the oh, I gotta reach out to Nate. Yeah, do it.
1: You should. You should. You should. Uh, anyway, please let me know if you laughed at my Carol Danvers joke. I thought it was very funny.
0: And please let us know if high school us have good musical tastes because I'm still not sure. I, I'm I still listening listen. to those same <laughs> albums.
1: I'm still listening I to every gets went out and everything in yeah. transit.
0: I, I I have a tr- I have trouble listening to uh, angsty white dudes uh, nowadays. Angsty cis white dudes. So I, I've just like fully transitioned to uh, Carly Rae Jepsen and Janelle Monet and Taylor Swift. So
2: yeah, uh, I'm very sick of heterosexual music. I'm very sick of heterosexual media in general. I'm um, sick of these
0: heterosexuals, if, you, if we're well, all Brendan being honest. Uri, we're, we're Brendan Uri is bisexual. Oh, so, yes. So I, I that counts. Brendan, Brendan Urie
1: cannot be. Um, I love that he's still going by Panic! at the Disco. Uh, And then I listen to a lot of Tyler Glenn, which is sad gay music, and Semler, which is sad gay
0: music. Semler. Gotta love that, Semler.
2: Yeah. Speaking of music that I never experienced and have no reference, uh... Into, I guess we should talk about this show. Let's do it! Yes!
1: Oh, well, yeah, this
2: is a great show. Fuck yeah.
1: Yeah. Everything sucks because Netflix canceled it.
2: Yeah. Um, so, we watched episodes six and seven and eight. Uh, six is entitled, Sometimes I Hear My Voice. Uh, so... They're filming the movie. The AV Club and the Drama Club have teamed up. They're filming a weird sci-fi romance movie. Uh, and while they're filming, Luke surprises Kate with some tickets to see Tori Amos, which is a name that I've heard before. But <laughs> I, if you held a gun to my head, I could not name a Tori Amos song. Sorry, I don't know. Uh, neither of them officially can drive. Kate has a learner's permit, so they take the weird car that they have taped stuff to to be a prop in the movie that they're filming, and Kate drives it to Portland. Don't know how far away Portland is from Boring Oregon. I assume Boring Oregon's not a real place. So it's, um, however far away the plot needs it to be. So, they drive to Portland, they go to this concert. Uh, Kate has a a moment that I think every queer person is familiar with and identified with where she sees like two women kissing in the crowd and just like sort of has this epiphany that like she's gay and there's nothing she can do about it. And maybe that's fine. Uh, and she and Luke get in a fight over a stress breakup with him. I mean, not about like these women kissing specifically. She just sort of has like a moment of self, uh, self-reflection and she breaks up with him and he doesn't want to break up with her because obviously he's in love with her even though she said she's a lesbian this is a thing that happens when you're in high school uh so she breaks up with him she calls her dad to come pick her up we will pick both of them up uh and meanwhile her dad has confiscated some pot from a high school student and he That's and so His girlfriend, Sherry, a.k.a. Luke's mom, uh, smoke it in the parking lot of the school. Uh, He has never smoked pot before. He gets way too high. Um, They start running around the school uh, on, I think it's like a Saturday. Uh, He unlocks the vending machines. They jump in the pool. They're having a great time. Like, they're really, like, they're playing tennis badly in the gym. Having an awesome time. And then Kate calls him to come pick her up. And uh he has to he has to go rescue Kate from this situation where she has just broken up with Luke and now she's sort of trapped in Portland with him. Um, episode seven is entitled Cheesecake to a Fat Man. And um <laughs> uh Luke is really having a hard time, uh, dealing with this breakup. He's very moody. He's taking it out on everybody in the AB and the drama club. Uh, they're having a real hard time. They're having some technical problems with the, the filming. They painted the aliens blue and they use a blue screen because this was before people use green screens, I guess. So they can't get the background that they wanted to work and Luke just like loses it at everyone. Um. Kate uh goes home rips all the posters of uh 90s teen heartthrobs off her wall and puts up pictures of uh like edgy tomboyish lesbians. Uh she attempts to pierce her nose with a safety pin which is like also extremely relatable pretty sure everyone in high school had some kind of experience where they tried to pierce their ear with a safety pin. I don't think many people did their nose but anyway Uh, they, um, oh, Kate, as kind of an olive branch to Luke, because he's having all of these problems with his, like, background, uh, convinces her dad, who you will recall is the principal of the school, to allow them to go on a field trip to Dominguez Rocks, which is, like, the setting that he really wanted his alien planet to be but it's in, like, California somewhere. So, uh, Ken, the dad, is in such a happy-go-lucky mood, because he's hopelessly in love, that he's just like, yeah, sure, you can pierce your nose and also take a field trip to (laughs) Los Angeles with all your friends, unsupervised, whatever, that's fine. Um, and then um, Oliver, uh, Emmeline, Uh, the,
0: is it McQuaid? McQuaid, yeah, they call him Quaid.
2: Uh, and, what's the other one's name? Tyler. Tyler. Uh, Tyler read on the early internet somewhere that you can get high off of paprika, I think it was? Nutmeg. Nutmeg. And, so they decide to sit in a park and uh, Tyler and Emmeline specifically decide to sit in a park and eat a bunch of nutmeg to try to get high. And um, it almost certainly doesn't work, Uh, but (laughs) Oliver and Tyler like convince themselves that they're high, I think is what's happening. And they're like running around and Oliver realizes that he is great and is like, the school drama is not allowing him to utilize his potential, and he gives some monologues, and he gets stuck in a tree, and they're they're fine. It's fine. Um, episode 8, entitled, I Just Want to Be Anybody, uh, they go on this field trip to Los Angeles, or somewhere near Los Angeles. Uh, it takes like two days to stay in a hotel on the way, which is just astounding that like the parents were fine with this cuz they definitely had to sign permission forms anyway the whole AV and drama clubs go on this overnight field trip and Oliver just doesn't turn up uh he has decided to take a like a Greyhound bus to New York City to realize his acting potential so they don't have a lead they they've gone to this elaborate location and done this elaborate scheme to get there uh so McQuaid has to put on all the makeup and be Oliver's character for like the climactic romantic kiss scene. Uh, Emmeline is a goth. Now she has decided because Oliver dumped her and left for New York. Um, they are having a really good time on the drive there, uh, in the hotel on the way, uh, Emmeline and Kate have a, a very intimate moment that almost gets lesbian before they are interrupted. Um, then they go to the place, they film the thing, they have a good time. Uh, then on the way back, they're staying in a hotel. Uh, Kate points out that they're not that far from Hollywood, which is where Luke somehow knows that his dad is living. I don't know how Kate exactly figured out where Luke's dad was, but... Luke had previously expressed like a desire to meet his dad now because he's been watching these video diaries that his dad left. So he goes to the blockbuster where his dad works. His dad doesn't recognize him, which was kind of unsurprising to me because it's been many years since he's like, Luke was a tiny child the last time he saw him. Uh, but Luke gets very upset about it. um, And he like gets very mad at. Kate for having set up this whole situation, and then they they sort of end at with this like tension left, and I I believe they're still in the hotel on the way back. Uh, at the end of the episode,
1: no, it's the bus ride back to school.
2: Oh right, because yeah. they throw the tape out the yeah. window anyway. But yeah, they're they're on the bus ride back to school, but they've like they've Luke has had this like kind of traumatic experience where he was going to go confront his dad and then didn't. And now he is angry at Kate for having sort of facilitated this whole thing. So it kind of sours their whole like fun experience they were having filming this movie out at this location that Luke was so excited about.
0: Yep. I I was just I mean, again, I don't want to show my hand. But I was just grinning the entire time you explained that because I just uh oh, we'll we'll get into it, Hey, Andy. Hello, These three episodes of Netflix's everything sucks uh do they work for you? These three
1: episodes fucking ruled
0: That's valid, that's fair and yeah. valid,
1: yeah, yeah, hey, Evan. yes, Ronnie,
0: these three episodes of Netflix's everything sucks. Do they work for you?
2: Uh, yeah, nothing sucks in Everything Sucks. These these episodes were great. These were maybe the strongest episodes so far. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Did these three episodes. Kerplunk.
1: See, I just did, like, a random noise. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Some Foley work. I will say,
0: it does, it does, like... And you are getting the words that are kind of the response words in this. If you started on the other foot, maybe maybe it would be a little bit easier to, to Evan's throw. It's
2: Trixie, and he and he gets me every time. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm steering this ship. I'm yeah. aggressively trying to control this situation. Right. Anyway, did the show is are these did, episodes did working? These for work, you? For, did these Ronnie? work, Ronnie? Did they work? These work? Uh,
0: they super did. I, I, <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of these episodes. So much fun. So well done. Um let's let's hop right into it. This worked for me and what what about it worked for us?
1: So this isn't my my biggest worked for me moment, but it is something that I was critical of before, so I want to mention it right out the gate. McQuade, is that his name? Quade? That's his name. Good. They they, you think? they they made him better. They gave him they gave him a character. He wasn't yeah. just like nerd yeah. who spouts statistics like he uh, I mean, he he did things that I disagree with, or were you know like douchey, but right. he uh had like emotion and like kind of mini arcs in these episodes, and like
2: mattered. So yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. He feels like a real person now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I he's he, not my favorite character, but he does feel like a character. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, Oliver is my favorite character. I love Oliver. Oliver's very good.
2: Yeah. He's
0: he's very. He's at least real now. It's still like his character, as we talked about, was such an extreme stereotype that it's like, well, how did you get here? Like, I'm all for the growth that we're experiencing from this point forward. But like something happened to get you here. And I want to hear about that. Or I want you to be like somewhat normal or at least like. Not like such a a caricature of a nerd.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, his his character is definitely still nerdy friends. Like, don't get me wrong. But uh, it, it felt like they gave him more to work with. Like, he actually had some, like, plot points and stuff. Where before, he was just, like, there as nerdy color commentary for stuff that Luke and Tyler mm-hmm.
2: were doing bad with names. I'm trying. Yeah, I always forget Tyler's name too. I feel yeah. bad for Tyler. He is a very distinctive character, so it's very unfair that yeah, I
1: forget I, his name. I l- freaking love the friendship between Tyler and Oliver, and I'm happy that that was explored more in these episodes.
0: There there's a point where um Luke kind of kind of gets really upset. It's after Luke uh gets broken up with and then is trying to figure out the blue screen and kind of yells at Tyler and that scene is like closed with Oliver and Emmeline kind of like hugging him like parents like yeah. like it's it's okay but and it's just like it's it was so real cute pure. it's so it's not it's not like it is played for last because they're in like these fuzzy blue wigs and blue makeup and it, it looks ridiculous but like you could tell how comforted and really like genuinely like feeling better Tyler does after this point like
1: I loved the blow up Kate had at Luke about how, like, you don't have feelings for me. You have a projection of me in your head. It's not fair. And like, I can't do it. That -hmm. was all
2: great. Extremely hashtag relatable to queers. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like, maybe not everyone has had that conversation, but everyone has had that thought about some kind of relationship in their life. So yeah, very good, very good writing there, very good dialogue, good delivery. The child actors in this are really exceptional. Yes. Oh my Uh, gosh. Luke Luke. crying ripped my heart out. Yeah, in the last episode after he sort of met his dad, man, that kid did such a good job. Yes. It it
0: is all like even, even Kate, who like appears very one note through like the first like maybe like three or four episodes very like you know uh not not a whole lot of emotion not a whole lot of enthusiasm like when like she is singing Tori Amos in the car on the way to the to the uh concert it's just like she's a teen like she is a such I mean she is a teen but of course like, it's not like you can just act like, oh, I'm an adult. I'll just play an adult. Like the acting is so good that like you can tell once she is passionate about something, whether that is music, whether that is her camera work, whether that is Tori Amos, like she turns like she becomes like so like what we hear from Emmeline later. Like she is so cool and she doesn't even know it and she doesn't have to try to do it. Like she is just so real and so like. Like. Even though she is a teen who feels like she's so outside of herself, she is so within herself and she commands such presence when it is something that she gives a shit about, which is exactly what happens when you're in high school.
2: Uh I really loved the uh relationship between Ken and Sherry so in good. this episode. I had remarked before that like all of their dialogue kind of like felt awkward and I didn't quite buy it as like genuine. This was like a small critique, granted. I still thought they were very charming, but some of their like you know flirtatious dialogue where they were like supposed to be falling for each other. I was like not a hundred percent sold on some of their their personal moments to this point, but like them getting high in the car and like running amuck through the school brilliant beautiful wholesome loved it like i have never seen two adults in a in any kind of media just like have that kind of like reckless abandon fun the way they were having and it was like they were having such a good time and they just liked (laughs) each other so much and you could tell it was really it was really good that whole scene was really good
0: I think the beauty of of Ken and Sherry and like this is all uh, Ken Mesner, Stan hours in the chat all the time. It's 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 all love for for this man here. I want to have in my notes that I want to have a beer with Ken Mesner. But as we've discussed, I think I am Ken Mesner. So I don't know what that (laughs) says. Um, But it's just like to think about two people who have been in long term relationships, have families. And then both of these people who are outgoing in their own different ways, just lose that person somehow and like the like i i've thought about this a lot before it's just like the the and it's not unique a lot of people feel this thing like the the like being in a relationship and being comfortable in a relationship and then trying to start a new relationship like you can't just hop back into that same comfort level and that is such a hard thing to work through and it's just like they have meshed because they are both like I'm just going to be comfortable with you. And they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be comfortable with you, too. And I'm a big nerd. And Sherry's like, well, I'm not. But like, I'm comfortable with you. Like, it just they, they mesh in a way that like they don't even know that they are like overstepping some like common relationship like barriers on the way to just like I just want to have fun with somebody. Like, I know that I can have fun with somebody. It's It's
2: so well done. Also, like, Ken is such a, such a good dude. Like, he, he didn't, uh, he didn't get upset when, uh, Kate drove to Portland by herself without telling him, which every TV or movie dad would, like, lose their shit and do the dad thing. And would freak out at Luke. Yeah, yeah. Would blame the boy. And he was just like, hey, guys, glad you're safe. Thanks for calling me. I hope you had a good time on your on your little adventure that you did. Let's go home now. You know, like, and I, I'm saying, like, even me saying it sounds like more patronizing. He wasn't being patronizing. He was like, you know, he could tell that he was, like, a little concerned, but, like, he was genuinely happy that they had a good time, even though mm-hmm. they broke rules and, like, snuck out without telling him. And then, like when Kate pierced her nose with a safety pin in her room, he like got the first aid kit and he was like, that could get infected. That's you really shouldn't have done that. And he was like, well, I guess you made the hole. So we might as well just put a piece of jewelry <laughs> in it now. Like <laughs> it, it, it is like this
0: idea of like that as a parent, I'm constantly thinking of, of just like, you know, when I think about how I want my child to be and how I want to quote unquote, like, I want to say discipline, but I don't discipline like how I want to guide her. It's like. I don't want to forget what it was like to be a teen. I don't want to forget what it was like to be like struggling and trying to figure this shit out. And Ken has this amazing experience where he is like he says to them, like I there's a lot of things that I wish I did when I was a kid that I didn't do and I don't get the chance to do again. So like hope this was like worth it for you. Like he is getting to experience like smoking weed for the first time with like a, someone he has a crush on and like TPing a, a friend, like somebody's house. Like he is getting to see, like, Oh, this is what it feels like. No wonder these kids are all doing this shit. This rules. <laughs> like it is, it is so like, yeah, well I like, like I think about like Lila and like her like swearing someday. And how do I, what, what do I do about that? And like, I was playing the penis game in seventh grade in the cafeteria, just yelling penises. It's like, how can I get mad at her for when, anything she
2: says? Getting mad at kids for swearing is dumb. You should not yeah, I mean, just be like, swearing oh, is, hey, is an example. Yeah. Like, grandma doesn't like that word, so maybe don't say it in front of grandma, right, but you right. can say it in the house. It's fine.
0: Right. It's just <laughs> that's an example of just like, yeah.
2: Ken is getting
0: to like, like I, i said that like this is a very i feel like this is a 90s experience of like boomers getting to be like a little bit looser and then teens feeling like they are way more mature than they should be like juxtaposed against each other like it just feels it whether or not it is like true to the era it just is like narratively so good
1: Watching Ken dance as he brings in the groceries, I like leaned over to yes. Evan and was like, "That's Ronnie." That That's Ronnie. that movie. <laughs> that
2: song <laughs> in that they that Breakfast at Tiffany's song was so well utilized in that scene mm-hmm. because it's got like this real upbeat, uh, like it, it's just it's just a like a fun fast tempo song, but the lyrics are actually kind of a bummer. So like he was just like. Jamming, like having a great time because he's in love and he's like dancing around the kitchen putting groceries away. And then it cuts to like Kate in her room, like dealing with breaking up with Luke and figuring herself out, like ripping posters off her wall to the same music. And it like works for both, mm-hmm. even though they're like diametrically opposed scenes. So it, it was a really good, really good
0: use of music there. Absolutely, Ken is such a like. In the scene where Ken confiscates the weed, this is just like this podcast is just about Ken Mesner now. Mm-hmm. In, in the scene where he confiscates the weed and like, and he's like, he is such a nerd. Like he is painfully like, ooh, what are we, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna smoke pot? Like, but he's not a narc. Like that is that is the line there is he is a nerd, but he's not a narc. And I think that holds true not just with Sherry, but like even the interactions we've seen with other students. He's not like mm-hmm. a, like just trying to get people in trouble. He like confiscated weed and is now smoking. It's not like he's like turning it over to the authorities.
1: He genuinely cares about these kids like that scene when they were buying the teepee and like, he's trying to do this naughty thing with this woman he's on a date with. And, and it's kind of silly. And this old student of his is like breaking down. Like you meant so much to me and you believed in me and I needed that. And like, it, it's it's clear that, like, years later, uh,
2: kids recognize the impact he's had.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Man, yeah. imagine how much better my life would be if I'd had a good principal in high school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a different principal every year. Wow,
1: it's I like the Defense Against the Dark light.
2: Arts teacher.
1: <laughs> 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 That's what our valedictorian said at graduation.
2: <laughs> Solid curse the cursed principal ship it was really funny my third year the principal
1: came in and was super uh anti-cell phone and like cell phones were just like becoming a big thing yeah. and uh he'd like yell at students in the hallway for like having their phones out and they'd be like you're gonna be gone by the end of the year like fuck you mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> it was great anyway
0: let's uh let's Unless we, we have more to talk about with, with Ken or, or or the uh the youngins. Let's get on to these uh these the drone teams, these Emmelines and Olivers, because there is so much
1: good. Oh here my too. goodness. I love Oliver so much. Oliver Oliver's is a great so character. Good. Uh mm-hmm. I love that he just pieces out to New York. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't say good, goodbye to anyone on on the cast. He just leaves. I guess he says goodbye to Tyler but he doesn't say goodbye to any like to us the audience he's just there and then he's gone like a shooting star right.
0: and like right we we hear we we hear from like we know that Oliver thinks Oliver is a good actor and we know that Emmeline has has said that he's a good actor but like now that he's gone he's she's like no he kind of sucks and so like the idea that this guy who's like a fairly middling actor in boring Oregon is just like yep i've got the clout on um, like like not even just like the the clout of the character, just the clout within the school that anyone would be like, yeah, it makes sense that he got. It. I feel like everyone would be like, Oliver, Oliver's he's gonna be back in a week. Like that's not gonna
2: hold. Oliver's like, definitely gonna be back in a week. He's gonna be back before. He's gonna like be back for them premiering their movie because he's gonna spend. Did he go to New York or L.A.? He said New York. Okay, that was another. Thing. That seems I like feel a, a like if you're choice Oregon. because. Yeah, they're on the West Coast. You're going to go all the way to New York when L.A. is right there.
0: He was very up for being in a movie and also talked to Tyler about like what like film directors like Luke reminded him of. Like he seems like it's not like he's like some Broadway star that like needs to be on the stage. Like, just go to L.A. What are you doing here?
2: Yeah, but anyway, he's he's definitely gonna be back. He's definitely not. Yeah. He's an eighteen-year-old, and don't, he doesn't have any money or anything. I don't so, know if like, he'll
1: be back before the end of the season. I feel like that might have been a plot hook they were going to do with season two. Mm. Um, so like that's kind of a bummer.
0: Mm. Um, I love in like the opening scene of of episode six when they are like doing the 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 kiss scene between Oliver and and um, Emmeline that they eventually like transition to Dominguez Rocks I was just like if this was a movie like if this alien movie was a movie and these were the actors and they were acting exactly like this it would be campy and it would be like a typical bad movie but it I I would love these performances (laughs) like I would these fake performances that these actors on this show are pulling off it's like I'm in. I'm, I'm I'm totally invested here. Did y'all make movies with your friends? Yes,
1: we made no. movies. Yeah, good yep. good stuff. Very fun. Very relatable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every um, shoot is going to take longer than you think it is, which is what? like probably my only negative is that they're like, oh yeah, we got a day to film with these rocks. Like no, yeah, no, you're not right. getting all your footage. There's no way. No.
0: no. Um. Yeah, I, I just thought that they it, it, relatable. It, it, they they do a good job. K- Emmeline is just like if if it's Ken Mesner hours on on earlier. It is now Emmeline. A- Emmeline. These episodes. She was. Yes. These episodes, Ronnie. It's so good. It's so. I can't emphasize it enough. Emmeline and Kate were great. Emmeline and Kate, like. As I talked about before, Emmeline is not the 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 actress who plays Emmeline is not like a teen like the rest of these. Like she might be like an older teen, but she is an adult. She takes off her her goth makeup. So like essentially she's taking off her, her like actor makeup, too. And. It is very high school for like the junior or the senior to look like a 25 year old to you as a freshman or a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. She takes off her makeup and and it's just like, oh, you're just that, that, that's a face you're putting on you're just a kid. That is a character you're playing. And, and she is like right there meshing with Kate and telling Kate, like, you're so cool. You're like Kate, like, gets the confidence to tell her that she's sexy and like, and so talented and amazing. And they almost kiss, which like, I want this. I'm shipping this so hard. It's, Ye- it's just so well done.
1: Yeah. I just want Kate to be happy. Yes. Like, like I was just like looking at Evan when like they were talking to each other on the bed and I was like, I just want Kate to be
2: happy. Just like, let this yeah. kid have a fucking win, please. I, I, there's a unique situation with this show where even though I relate deeply to Kate, I don't uh like have an unpleasant level of anxiety about what's going to happen when she comes out because they've done such a good job of like establishing her dad as this like mm-hmm. compassionate, understanding guy that of course she like coming out is going to be Deeply nerve-wracking for her. It is for everyone, no matter, like, how chill your parents are. Like, it's going to be a huge hurdle for her. But, uh, I, as the viewer, am not, like, living in this sort of vicarious discomfort that, like, her Mm -hmm. dad's going to be terrible and it's suddenly going to be a sad queer show. So, thank goodness they put that groundwork in there. So I don't, I can, like, watch this unfold. And like feel like everything that's happening, but not have this like looming dread over me that suddenly everything's gonna go terrible for this poor young girl.
0: <laughs> and even from Kate's perspective, like the, at the concert after she breaks up with Luke, they're having this this talk about like she's like I've just always felt like a freak, a freak without a mom, a freak whose dad is the principal, like a freak who dresses funny. Like she's like I feel like I could belong. And Luke, like very manipulative, like there is there is like Luke has like some rough moments in this episode. It's like you think they won't call you a freak when you come out and tell them you're gay. And like she even has this moment of like, yeah, they probably will. But like, that's who I am. And like after like what I've experienced, it is also very like very young teen queer to like be like, do you see this? there's there's gays here i can be anything i want like it'll be just fine like it is that like euphoria of just like no i i'm gonna do it i can do it because like these people have done it and like why can't i but like you know to take that to its extreme kate is like confident and ready and comfortable and like has some allies in this space and and like i I,
1: i'm i i just wanted to be happy (laughs) i've i've done the bit before about like who is someone you saw that gave you the courage or like the permission to be yourself? And Kate had that moment in the episode at the concert where she saw mm-hmm. some lesbians uh yep. smooching, right, and singing along. Um, they were not having sex to paramore, they were just kind of singing yeah. and, and and smooching a little bit. Um, um. But yeah, one that's, thing. That, that I think is a moment
2: that is very relatable to like any queer person. Yeah, they definitely had some queer writers on this to to like in, insert their life experiences into this high school show. Um,
0: One thing that feels extremely unrelatable to me, and maybe this is because I'm I was just a horny teen who who jumped at like the opportunity to like. Talk to my crush whenever it came up, but like, uh, and I'll talk. I I want to get into this like in depth in a moment, but um, day after filming, everyone's hanging out in the pool and. Uh, Emmeline says hey kate come hang out with us and it's like girl you almost kissed this girl who you are very much crushing on and she's like oh, i can't right now i'm gonna and she like goes to like take luke on this like trip to to hollywood for like these this like secret reason and it's like i, I like i liked my friends but like there is nothing in the world that it would stop me from getting in the pool with my crush at that point like go 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 be happy girl like um Sure. This was
2: like her only opportunity to do this, though, because they were like half an hour from wherever he was. So fully
0: understand. And I fully understand I might be in an, on an island with this kind of a situation. But I just felt like, oh, no, I want I want you to go meet be with be with your girl. Um, so let, let's if if I can, um, the the scenes that I want to talk about real quick are um a scene scenes that are kind of juxtaposed um in the show as kind of bookends to these three episodes it's very very good that we watch these episodes in this order because we did get it bookended like this which is um these grand gestures that end in flames of luke taking kate to the concert and kate taking luke to meet his dad um like i thought a lot about them and like what the show was trying to say how they were trying to parallel them and it's like w- what i basically came down to is like luke does this thing that is a very nice thing that would be perfectly normal for any friend to do for another friend that they really liked um and he does it for the shittiest most manipulative reasons of like no 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 i'm going to like convince her that i deserve her to love me i'm going to like I wrote in my notes that like the this the fake boyfriend thing was kind of cute at this point because Kate kind of like established some boundaries, and this episode was Luke fully pushing past those boundaries, which, as we talked about, resulted in a very valid blow up from Kate. What Kate does in taking Luke to meet his father, who he hasn't seen in ten years, without telling him, that's bad. <laughs> There's, yeah. like, that's not that's not a thing to do to anybody. Like. The whole as as I'm realizing what's happening, I'm like, Kate, you should have went and like hung out with the girl you're a kiss. And then it's like, Kate, what are you doing? Kate? No, no, don't do this. Kate, what are you like? It is a bad thing to do. And she does it for the purest, most honest, most like un untainted reasons. Like she honestly thinks this is what Luke wants and that it will help him. And she's not doing it to like make him feel a certain way she's just like this is the thing he said he wants and i want to give this to him and it's just like the the parallel of those two things like these this good thing for a bad reason and this bad thing for a good reason it's just like and both resulting in like almost identical blow-ups so just like don't talk to me this is too much you didn't need to do that like if you don't want to be like it's it's it was just It blew me away that the writing did that, and it blew me away that the actors were able to, like, put that page into action so, so well.
1: Yeah, I think Kate had some guilt over not reciprocating Luke's feelings, which is, like, something that happens. Like, when you turn someone down or you break up with someone or what have you, sometimes you feel really guilty for it and um once that happens though like you got to give the person space like it mm-hmm. kate kind of still expecting to have an intimately close friendship with luke uh was kind of wrong of her there like and it was perfectly valid for luke to one say like hey if you're not going to be my girlfriend like i need time to figure out like and sort through, like, my feelings for you. And, like, mm-hmm. we don't get to be super close friends right now. And then, two, also, like, what the fuck? Like, that's my yeah. dad. Like, you don't yeah. get to do that either. Um, and I kind of like that the show, like, presented it like that. Like, typically, yeah. the person who got dumped and who, like, had the feelings is shown as, you know, being in the wrong. And, like, Luke definitely was. like. No, yep. skipping that either. You know, him trying to manipulate Kate was shitty. But uh it was cool to see the the flip side of that too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like all of this is so guileless because they are children and like oh, yeah. they're still figuring out how relationships work and they're figuring out their own emotions and how to relate to one another and how to help each other and things like that. So yeah, it's it is uh it's incredible writing both that it is successful in showing the audience like what they're going through. And also like just making it clear how like pure and good these kids are and how they're genuinely trying to help each other. And like high
1: school relationships. And I don't just mean like romantic. I just mean in general, like high school relationships change on a dime you show up to school one day and your friend group is now completely different because something happened or what have you. Uh, and so like, it's really cool to see that with, you know, these kind of like friends and their cool status and their status with each other, like going up and down and changing and shifting, uh, that, that feels very relatable and very real to me. It's not just the jocks sit here and the nerds sit there and the cheerleaders sit there. Like, that's not how high school worked it's it's right. the it's way more fluid in uh alliances
2: shifting it's mm-hmm. like survivor
1: yeah it's like not modern really. modern <laughs> survivor not old school survivor
0: mm-hmm. um i mean do do
1: we have anything that didn't work only one thing and i'm very What's offended that? The ripping down of the Ryder Strong poster. (laughs) That's fair. Ryder Strong is a goddamn saint. How dare you do that to Sean Hunter? If you were going to rip down the Ryder Strong poster, you should have replaced it with a poster of uh, that episode where Sean... like cross-dresses for the whole yes, episode yes 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 mm. Yes, yes, mm, yes that yes, awakened yes. something in andy i it, it yeah <laughs> yeah little kid andy watching that like oh boys can be girls before you be even cute.
0: finished the sentence and you said what you should have put up and said i was like oh you mean Sean hunter and drag you mean yeah, Sean hunter dresses yeah, a girl. yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's that that is iconic
1: they tried to recreate that with uh eric and jack in the college years and it did not work well eric's a clown
0: like it's it's just like
1: yeah and jack is kind of a clown too but the sean episode the sean episode uh where he does the paper on girl like me Mm.
2: yep Mm -hmm. i don't don't know what you're talking about we have every season on dvd
1: downstairs babe we're gonna do a marathon oh also we have Um, disney plus are we (laughs) no we're not the the only the only other thing that
0: didn't work again this is kind of a a not really it didn't work but i'm gonna be a old man talking about back in the day and back in the good old days can you imagine a school administrator smoking weed in a parking lot of their school today and then also running through the hallways and then also robbing the, uh, the vending machine and then also almost having sex in the pool. No, you can't because that doesn't happen anymore because there's cameras and there's yeah.
1: narcs everywhere. I did raid the uh, children's church snack cupboard all the time when I got hungry at work that is not the same no, <laughs> no no not the not same. same definitely <laughs> not the same i never smoked weed at church um, yeah, it was
0: just it was it was just moments of just like huh kate is gonna drive all the way up to portland in this car that looks like a spaceship and even if they get pulled over she'll probably just get slapped on the wrist like yeah i mean that's because she's white but also mm-hmm. like 90s huh what a time
1: Yeah, you could just do stuff like that in the '90s. You could just do anything
0: you wanted, really, and they'd be like, "Hey, stop!" Again, if you were white.
2: Yeah, there wasn't Twitter back then, so you wouldn't have to make a public apology to your community. You know, nobody, nobody would ever find out about it. Right? There'd be a weed. Yeah, there'd be there'd be like a rumor next year. The students would be like, "Oh my god, did you hear that?" Like, the the principal totally was naked in the pool last summer, and everyone would be like. Shut the fuck up! There's no way that happened. But then they'd say it to the next person anyway. You know that was the extent of that was Twitter back in the 90s. social media baby. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, it just it it, it, it was simpler times again times that I did like Han Mesner did not take advantage of it in any way, shape, or form. Um, but simpler times all the same. Um. I'm I'm bummed out that this show only has one season, and the next time is the last time we get to talk about this show.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a negative. That's, that's definitely a, a negative.
0: Negative. Uh, that's a negative. And also, it's like it's a bigger negative because it's like you know we again we we just learned that uh, Clone High is coming back with mm. like a lot of seasons on HBO Max, and and so at this point we we are liken to gods of of renewing tv shows uh that, that is all us this is a show like with with these child actors like you can't no you can't really do that like at this point those child actors are all going to be like full-blown adult looking ass kids and it's just not you can't unless you're like gonna do uh just like college a, years the college years if it's just like a uh like a what do they call that the uh just like a I don't know it's just like seasons from their lives like in different increments like you can't I, go back and it's it's over like this this season is it and maybe this season will be enough but like it will tell a full story but i, I want more of these a, this is dynamics.
2: a damn good show i would be totally Something. okay if they approached this like fargo and had each season be like a discreet like high school tale yeah. you know like interconnected in some way maybe they're all at the same school or whatever mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I it, this it's clearly like the writing team that has like laid the foundation for what this is. So if they were in charge of this show, even if you didn't have the original actors back, I feel like it would still be a good show. I would mm-hmm. miss the original characters very much, but like yeah. this came out. I just I just looked it up. It came out in twenty eighteen. So. Yeah, that you know, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But we will we will have plenty of time to lament on missing this show. Uh next time. I I we... will
1: say too. I'm definitely yeah. going to be keeping an eye out for these kids. Yes. Uh to see what they go on to do and what else they get involved with because all of these 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 kid actors are phenomenal and I want to follow their careers Uh, I think I I saw that
0: Emmeline was in Euphoria I did not watch Euphoria but now I kind of want to
1: I think they all have like really bright futures ahead of them Um, reminds me like I saw Anton Yelchin uh, in one of his earlier works and was like you know I kept an eye out anytime I saw his name on a project I I immediately got interested in that project so uh, rest in peace I loved Anton Yelchin uh, mm-hmm. miss that miss that guy um, very much. But yeah, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye out to see what these kids go on to do. Cause they're all Absolutely. incredible.
0: Um, and thank you for, we've, we've gotten some folks, uh, saying, Hey, we, we've heard the call and we, we got some, some good one season shows for you. Uh, thanks to, uh, Kieran and Loxy locksmith for, for emailing in and giving us some excellent recommendations that are definitely going in the Rolodex and coming up soon. They said some um, nice stuff about us, too, didn't they? They're, they're just people. Yeah. you all know, are the best. I know, yeah. listen, Andy, Andy, go away. I know Andy gives y'all a real rough <laughs> time. I know Andy is real hard on you. You don't deserve it. Y'all are great. Thank you for being, sticking with us. Uh, it has been a tumultuous year in general, but certainly for, for uh, ending bending uh and and our and our podcast uh net not network that's actually what it is our podcast like ether um yeah we definitely with us we definitely went through the ringer there yeah i mean you know it's not like we struggled super bad or had like a suffer but um yeah thanks for sticking with us through all of it through the ups and downs and we hope we can keep uh doing cool stuff for you and uh if you want to see some other cool stuff Uh, Why don't you head over to patreon.com slash uh, WTM radio and and uh, donate to our Patreon at uh, of of where they may radio us at Force Friends Rewatch would love to have your dollars. There's already some content up there. Um, I put pictures of chickens
2: on the Patreon. We have chickens. I put pictures of there are chickens behind the
0: paywall. um thank you to everyone who's who's who sent us a nice message keep doing that we love affirmation you know that about us uh send those affirmations to uh twitter at pending pod send them to facebook at pending pod send them on instagram at ending pending send us in an email old school pending pod at com. and as i said that's dot uh, patreon.com slash wtm radio
1: Cool, 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 cool. Mm-hmm. How
2: do, how, do, how do we end one of these bad boys? Yeah, what are we even doing now at the end of the podcast?
1: Uh, Joss Whedon is a predator, Wait. and we're never
2: doing Firefly. Yeah. Fuck that guy.
1: We have that reason
0: Big for that now. exclamation point on mm-hmm.
2: that. Yeah, yeah there have always been uh, some things about him that made me uh, suspicious. So glad to know. Well, not glad to know. I'm not glad about any of that, but, uh, there's something about having your suspicions validated, there's, you know what I mean? There's always been rumors, and to finally, like, have people speaking out
1: definitively is, uh, is 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 nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? Because fuck him. He's a bad dude. Fuck
0: Joss Whedon. For real. Fuck Joss Whedon, and we're never doing Firefly.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. On that note. (laughs)